0: What's going on, Football MD fam? Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 29 of the Football MD Podcast. I am your host, as always, Michael Bowling, joined by my co host, Daniel Ronan, and we have an awesome episode ready to go for you guys today. We're going to start off by previewing tonight's edition of Thursday Night Football, the New Orleans Saints playing the Dallas Cowboys, and then we're going to follow that up by going way back to the preseason, looking at some of the best and worst calls that we made coming into the season, sure to be a little bit of a laugh there. And then, as you all know, this is the final week of the regular season for fantasy football. The playoff push is upon us, so we're going to be going through some players that we think have some of the best and worst fantasy playoff schedules to get you guys ready to go dominate and win your fantasy titles this season. So I'll hop right into Thursday Night Football, taking the Saints' side of the ball. And of course, you're starting Drew Brees, you're starting Alvin Kamara, you're starting Mark Ingram, you're also starting Michael Thomas, don't want to forget about him. The players that I do want to talk about, Traquan Smith, he's been dealing with a foot injury that's kept him sidelined in Week 12, so we aren't even sure if he plays. Even if he does play, the Cowboys have allowed the second-fewest fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. You're avoiding him this week, even though the big play potential is always there. And then for tight end, Benjamin Watson. He's gotten just four targets over the last three weeks, but the Cowboys have allowed the second most receptions and the sixth most fantasy points to the tight end position on the season. However, Dan Arnold, we saw him take some opportunity away from Watson last week. So with the lack of targets that we've seen, Watson, he's still just a touchdown or bust option at the tight end position for me. And on the Cowboys side
1: of the ball for tonight's Thursday night matchup, and of course you're starting Zeke, so we won't touch on him. The two guys that are worth talking about today Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott. Amari Cooper has really turned the season around when he showed up to the Dallas Cowboys. In five games with the Raiders, he had 22 receptions, 280 yards, and one touchdown, which was good for 11.38 PPR fantasy points per game while he was with the Raiders. Now, with the Cowboys, in four games, he has 22 receptions, 349 yards, and three touchdowns. Good for an 18.73 PPR points per game, seven full points per game. Just really astronomically better than he was with the Oakland Raiders. So he is locked in in just about wide receiver two range for the remainder of the season. And as for Dak Prescott, in the first five games, he was averaging 15 points per game Since then, in the six weeks after that, he's averaging 26 points per game. So a full 11 points more per game. And we talked about his favorable schedule. He happens to have the toughest matchup of that run. But you're saying stick with him, and I guess I would have to agree. He has the Saints, then he has the Eagles, the Colts, and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the New York Giants. Just a very favorable playoff run schedule. But he's got to kick it off tonight against the Saints. Not the best matchup, but you're saying stick with him in your lineups.
0: Yeah, I just think his rushing ability is going to provide at least a safe floor. He's now rushed for a touchdown in three straight games and in five of his last six. New Orleans has also given up the most rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks on the season. So I do like his odds to find the end zone on the ground. And in a game with a 53-point over-under and he now has a true wide receiver one in Amari Cooper, I think he could have a lot of opportunity to move the ball down the field. So if if you if you're in my position with Carson
1: Wentz, that's exactly what you're saying, stardom. Yes, sir. <laughs> Throw, da,
0: for the record, Dak Prescott over Carson Wentz this week. <laughs> calling my shot here. <laughs> and that's all we have for the Thursday
1: night football game tonight, guys. So in our next segment, we're gonna that we're gonna move on to now. We are going to be covering our best and worst calls from this preseason and early on in the season. Things that we said were going to happen that panned out well and. You would, And if you listened to our advice, you would have struck gold with. And just the opposite, where when we said something, it didn't pan out too well. And we might have uh, screwed your fantasy team a little bit there for you. And uh, definitely apologize for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to start at the quarterback position. And my first good call may not have caused you to strike gold. But it did help you avoid a pothole. And that was fading quarterback Deshaun Watson. I saw him going as the first, second, even third quarterback off the board. And my concern there was the poorest Texans offensive line, which we've seen in full effect this season. And I just didn't think that his pace that we saw in 2017 was something that he could keep up. And he's the quarterback 12, so he is serviceable. But if you were one of those people that spent a pick in the top five rounds of your fantasy draft, he's definitely not returning value on that. So hopefully you dodged the bullet there and waited because there were plenty of quarterbacks that went later that are performing better than Watson currently is.
1: Yeah, for me, my good call for the quarterback position undoubtedly maybe it was because i was a little biased but it was with my boy matt ryan matt ryan followed up a mvp campaign with a down year last year no doubt but i projected him to bounce back this year and definitely be a top 10 play and if you stuck with him as i told you to you actually got a top five quarterback so far this season and You could have done so in the later rounds of the draft because a lot of people were expecting him to be very similar to the quarterback he was last year during a Steve Sarkeesian first season and a really not so smooth clicking offense like it seems to be this
0: year. And for my bad call at the quarterback position, if you guys have been following us since way back in July when we started this podcast, then you are well aware of my previous love for Matthew Stafford. I had him as my QB9 going into the season. And if you've been following us to this point, then you would have heard the last three episodes where I've been saying that you don't need to even roster him. So of course I made a mistake looking at where he's currently ranked. He's the quarterback 20. So that was a huge miss on my part. He has been solid in years past, and you would think with Golden Tate for a good portion of the season, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, On Johnson coming on, he had a pretty good offense surrounding him. You would have thought that would have been able to continue, but that just was not the case this season, and I'm only slightly heartbroken over it.
1: Well, don't feel too bad, because you can't get much worse than my horrific quarterback call, I had Patrick Mahomes outside my top 15 quarterbacks. And obviously, we all know that he is the QB1 for fantasy purposes this year. He's just been lights out. You're talking 264 completions, 67.5 completion percentage, 3,628 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 117 quarterback rating, just outstanding. Even 186 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He's just been an amazing quarterback and I wasn't willing to buy the hype on a guy who was really never played the position as a starter and in the f- league that's before fair though that's
0: fair though but let's move right over to our running backs and I'm going to start with one of my good calls here. That was Aaron Jones. I didn't have him ranked very high, but this is the type of situation where I really don't like rankings for this purpose because he was suspended for the first two games of the season. So he was basically impossible to project because coming back, you don't know when he's actually going to become involved in the offense. But I did say that him getting suspended was great for his fantasy value, and people would be able to grab him in Week 3, in Week 4, before he came on, and now he's one of the top fantasy performers at the running back position. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a borderline first-round pick this year. So hopefully you were able to capitalize on grabbing him later on in the season.
1: Yeah, and the guy that I'm going to talk about is definitely Nick Chubb. I was super high on Nick Chubb. I talked about him early on in the preseason, about how I thought talent-wise he was actually Way better than Sony Michelle Should have been a first-round pick. He was probably my favorite running back coming out of the draft this year. Again, just like you said, the rankings with this guy was rough. Because you knew with Carlos Hyde there, he wasn't going to start the season as the number one guy. Yeah, you don't know when it's going to happen. you know. So, And I didn't have him. I don't even think I listed him on the rankings. I think I had him when we discussed sleepers. But since week nine, for three straight games, he's had over 20 touches and over 90 yards from scrimmage every single one of those games with touchdowns in each one of those games so it didn't pay out for you right away but hopefully he's there for your playoff run no doubt
0: yeah and I think you have a few more running backs than I do so if you want to hop into another one of your calls for the better or worse let's hear it
1: well I'll go straight to the worse right you know because it's easy to pat yourself on the back it's kind of hard uh-huh. to shoot yourself in the leg the guy that I um really whiffed on two of them that I'm going to group together is Jordan Howard and Derek Henry um For me coming into the season, I had Jordan Howard as the number 9 ranked running back and uh, Derrick Henry as my number 15. Just so you guys know for a little context, Howard is currently the running back 30 and Derrick Henry is currently
0: the running back 42. They have both been god-awful. Now, which is funny actually because, so I'm kind of patting myself on the back here because I had Howard as my 15 and Derrick Henry as my 25. I was pretty low on them. But maybe not low enough. I'm still no, having absolutely. Jordan and Howard as a top fifteen guy. That's maybe not as good of a call as I originally uh, thought when I wrote this down.
1: And I think I remember when we had our consensus, our consensus rankings, where we finally paired our rankings up and you know got a, got them all together and decided on one ranking system. I think I kind of put in the good word <laughs> for both of these players to for them to be bumped up a little higher. A little bit, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, definitely didn't come to fruition. Now, and then Howard, who I stand by, I think he's a very talented, talented player, but man, oh man, he's, you never know when he's going to use him. He's had a couple of good games randomly throughout the season. Well, He's
0: had good games in bad game scripts and bad games in games where you think he would blow up. And now for one of my bad calls coming into this season, I had Royce Freeman as a third round pick. And, I know a lot of other people also had him as a third round pick, but I stayed firm on this throughout the early portion of the season. Even when I could tell from the eye test that Philip Lindsay was clearly the better running back, it took me a long time to actually accept because my love for Royce Freeman was just blinding me, I guess you could say. And i stuck with him. I kept starting him and he kept burning me during the early portion of the season. But Royce Freeman was definitely a pretty bad, bad call for me this season. In your
1: defense, I don't think anybody expected Philip Lindsay to be anywhere near what he is right now. When I watch Philip Lindsay, he's a quality running back, and he does everything well.
0: He's gonna win people some so, fantasy times. We actually might be talking about him in a little bit on the on the playoff primer. So, um, spoiler alert. <laughs> nice. Stay tuned. You
1: know. So let's wrap it up the running back position with at least going over you know a couple good ones for us, right? Like <laughs> we don't want to end <laughs> on a bad note. So, another good call that I made was on Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on Johnson, I told you guys that I scouted him in college, I watched a lot of his game film, and I was impressed with his abilities to not only run, catch, he threw touchdowns in college, he caught touchdowns in college, he did it all, and you know, I thought he was a very versatile player, and all I said was he needed the usage, he needed the usage, he needed the usage.
0: That was such a frustrating stretch, by the way, where his talent was showcased. You could see it on the field. He yeah. was getting some opportunity, and everyone could see it. And he just wasn't getting yeah. used, and that was very frustrating.
1: And now you're talking about with in 11 games with the Detroit Lions, you're talking 7 of those 11 games, he has given you 10-plus fantasy points, so at least a double-digit outing. And of the 4 games that are not double-digit outings two of them are nine points. Super consistent.
0: For sure. And now we'll hop right into our wide receivers. And I'm just going to lump my three favorite calls going into this season all into one right here. And that was Michael Thomas. I had him as my wide receiver three. I had Devontae Adams as my wide receiver five. Obviously, those two guys have been both top five options at the position. I know everyone knew they were talented, but I was pounding the table for them to be first round picks this year and then I also had Alshon Jeffrey outside of my top 20 at the position I know he was a popular first two three early third round pick and I just didn't trust him he averages under 70 receptions per season I just didn't think that the touchdowns were going to be there on an offense that on a prolific offense like the Eagles that like to spread the ball around I didn't think those touchdown opportunities were going to continue to be there for Alshon Jeffrey and so far as panned out he has not been a reliable option at all up to this point jeffrey has actually been held to four or less receptions and under 50 yards with zero touchdowns in his last four games so he's practically unstartable since golden tate joined the team and i what you would have thought tate coming out of the slot would have opened things up for jeffrey a little more and it's been the exact opposite that whole offense has kind of looked like a mess since golden tate joined the team for whatever reason
1: yeah undoubtedly that Eagles offense has been struggling. As a Carson Wentz owner myself, it's been frustrating. He definitely is not scoring as much, and they're not clicking the way you would expect the former Super Bowl champs to be playing. For me, though, at the wide receiver position, the pat on the back I give myself was for Robert Woods. I was very adamant in the beginning of the season that Robert Woods would be the number one pass catcher for the LA Rams. I do just believe in Robert Wood's talent. He passes the eye test for me. He can run the intermediate routes. He can run the short routes. He does the dirty work. He'll run them over the middle. He can also make big plays. He's good in the red zone. He just is a good overall, all-around wide receiver. In my opinion, the most talented on the team. And so far, he has been the most consistent
0: And then for the tight end position, I will pat my back a little bit here. I did have Eric Ebron ranked ahead of Jack Doyle. Of course, I didn't predict the injury issues that Jack Doyle suffered this season. That's extremely unfortunate. Don't like to see that. But Ebron is currently the tight end 3 for fantasy. He's been as solid as possible. I didn't even project him that high. But I think both of our best calls for the tight end position was that you really can't trust any tight ends. Of course, there's the top three guys. You have your Zach Ertz, you have your Travis Kelsey, and even Gronk hasn't been reliable this season. So the tight end position is just volatile in general. That's why you play the streaming game, which is what we were telling you guys in the preseason. All right, and now we'll hop right into the moment that you guys have all been waiting for, our playoff primer. I cannot believe that the fantasy playoffs are already upon us, but I am so excited to help you guys get ready to win some fantasy titles this season. Like I said, we're going to be going over some players at each position that we think have some of the best and worst matchups. Of course, we're not going to get to every player, so if you guys have any questions that you would like our help with, please submit them to footballmdpodcast.com through the Contact Us section of the website, or hit us up on social media at footballmdpod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But without further ado, we'll get started on quarterbacks that we think have favorable matchups for weeks 14 through 16. Starting off with quarterback Cam Newton, he's been solid on the season, but his playoff schedule is even better. He plays the Cleveland Browns, New Orleans Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons. All three of those teams rank 18th or worst at fantasy points allowed two quarterbacks. New Orleans is the 29th and Atlanta Falcons are the 31st against quarterbacks. So I think he's going to carry a lot of people through the playoffs. And Lamar Jackson, if he can keep this starting job, I know it's tough to trust him unless we see some improvement in the passing game, but he does play the Chiefs who are the 28th against quarterbacks, the Buccaneers who are the 30th against quarterbacks, and then he draws a tough matchup in week 16 against the LA Chargers. But you have to get there first. I do think that his rushing ability will provide Provide a solid enough baseline as long as he remains the starter to carry teams to that coveted fantasy championship game
1: and on the opposite side there's always guys that you've been relying on all season long who have a little bit of worse matchups and something to be concerned about a couple of guys that aren't really worth to- talking about but do have some risky schedules are like patrick mahomes and andrew luck not guys that we would recommend taking out regardless but still their fantasy schedule for the playoffs is unfavorable That being said, a guy that we would consider, you know, maybe moving out of the lineup if you have the luxury of doing so is Kirk Cousins, who plays at Seattle against Miami and at Detroit. The Detroit matchup doesn't scare you, but the other two are against teams that are top 10 against the quarterback this season. And he has been also trending in the wrong direction as of late besides the one primetime game this past week against the Packers but besides that he has been getting a little bit worse week by week as opposed to the beginning of the season so somebody to keep an eye on in the playoffs definitely Kirk Cousins
0: And then two other popular quarterbacks that a lot of people may have been riding throughout the season that I'm not sure if you're going to be able to trust throughout the playoffs are Carson Wentz. He plays the Dallas Cowboys. He plays at the Los Angeles Rams and against the Houston Texans. The matchup against the Rams isn't necessarily unfavorable, but Dallas and Houston are both in the top 11 at defending against fantasy quarterbacks, and this offense as a whole, the Eagles just seem to be struggling against the Saints and Giants the last two weeks. Wentz has had just one touchdown and three interceptions, so I'm definitely concerned about Carson Wentz going forward. And then Tom Brady, he plays at Miami, at Pittsburgh, and then plays Buffalo at home. Now, Tom Brady, while he's still been great for NFL purposes, he hasn't scored 20 or more fantasy points since Week 7, and he's had just three touchdowns over his last four games. And I don't want to jump the gun here. I know every year there's people saying that Father Time's finally getting Tom Brady, and this is the decline that we've all been waiting for, and then he bounces back and surprises everybody. But just from the eye test, the way that he's been playing on the field, he has not been impressing me. So against these tougher defenses, I'm really not sure if... He's someone that you're going to be comfortable with sliding into your lineup for the three weeks that you'll be chasing that fantasy title. And for the running back
1: position, there's a bunch of guys that have some favorable schedules. One that we're happy to talk about is David Johnson, because he hasn't been as good as his draft pick would have indicated. He was obviously a top five fantasy pick this season, and being on the struggling Arizona offense hasn't really benefited him, but hopefully... This schedule will, with Detroit, Atlanta, and the Los Angeles Rams, all bottom-half teams against the run. In fact, Detroit and Atlanta, 23rd and 30th, respectively. So just a favorable schedule for David Johnson. And the other guy that I absolutely love, and my co-host here has it split between two guys, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, but Freeman does not belong on the list. (laughs) Lindsay, on the other hand, is my ride-or-die playoff running back he has San Francisco Cleveland and Oakland he has the most friendly schedule you could possibly ask for all three of those games are also home in Denver and you know you can't ask for much better all three of those games seem like they'll work to his favor as far as game script being out in head running the ball he also he also benefits from staying involved in the passing game so Philip Lindsay my ride or die playoff running
0: back undoubtedly Love Philip Lindsay for those fantasy playoff weeks. And I kept Royce Freeman on there just because I know there's a lot of people considering if he's worth dropping at this point in the season. And I don't think that's true.
1: Guys, he really left Royce Freeman on there because when we recap our picks postseason, after the season, we'll do another segment okay. where we recap our midway and playoff picks. And guess what? He needs a couple of mistakes on there, so he left Royce Freeman
0: on there. (laughs) Oh, man, that's a tough one. If Royce Freeman (laughs) burns me twice, that's going to hurt. Oh, he's going to burn you twice. I just think in these matchups, he's going to have the opportunity to find the end zone. And once fantasy playoff time hits, I want to build depth, not with players that I know can provide me with a safe floor, because I know Royce Freeman can drop two points on any given week. I want my depth to be with players that I know can blow up. So I do think Royce Freeman, he should not be dropped. He should be kept on rosters. And in a worst-case scenario situation, you can slide him in and still hope for a touchdown. But one of my favorite running backs for the fantasy playoffs is Gus Edwards. This was a surprise pick for me, but they play the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Los Angeles Chargers, three very favorable matchups. Gus Edwards continued his breakout last week with 118 yards on 23 carries, and he now averages 20 carries for 116 and a half yards over the last two games. Even for this week, I know a lot of teams are battling just to get into the fantasy playoffs, but he plays against the Atlanta Falcons who rank 25th in rushing yards allowed per game. So I think if Lamar Jackson remains as the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens and continues to struggle in the passing game, Gus Edwards should definitely be leaned on and in a bunch of favorable matchups. This might be the late year breakout that we see every year where someone comes along and wins fantasy titles it was David Johnson two years ago and it could be Gus Edwards this year. Not to say that Gus Edwards is the same caliber running back as David Johnson, but you know, these guys come out of nowhere. And then of course, Christian McCaffrey, if you follow us on our Instagram page, then you saw our post from today highlighting how great Christian McCaffrey has been playing as of late and he plays Cleveland, New Orleans, and the Atlanta Falcons in the championship week. And of course, The Saints in Week 15 is not an ideal matchup, but what I do like is you know that's probably going to be a high-scoring game. McCaffrey is involved in the passing game, so you should see a ton of opportunity in your Week 15 matchup. No hesitations there, of course. And before we move on, we'll talk about the final running back group that you
1: might want to lean on in the postseason, and that's uh, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Justin Jackson. And the reason why we have all three ran down is because Obviously, with the injury sustained to Melvin Gordon, we don't know exactly how that breakdown is going to work out long term. We don't know how long Melvin Gordon is going to miss. He's going to miss one or two weeks, or is he going to miss five weeks? Is he going to just come back for the playoffs? Is Austin Eckler going to be the guy to step in and you know take on that same workload that Melvin Gordon has, where he's pretty much used on every down in every situation, or? is Justin Jackson going to be a committee type guy now with both of them? Because neither one of those guys are, you know, three down backs like Melvin Gordon is. We don't know. And it's going to be interesting to find out that being said schedule, highly favorable Cincinnati 32nd, the very worst against the run and Kansas city 31st second to last against the run. So, you know, Baltimore is the second best and that's their championship matchup. But as we said already you got to get there so don't worry too much about that matchup just yet you know it is the finals you'll worry about that when you get there this is the running back group two of the best matchups that you could have back to back you're going to want to take advantage of it for fantasy purposes before the uh, end to prolong you into the uh fantasy playoff
0: And now for some of the worst matchups. There really weren't too many that I could find. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram definitely don't have a favorable schedule uh, outside of Tampa Bay in week 14, but it doesn't matter. You're starting those guys anyway. However, Matt Breda, he plays Denver, Seattle, and Chicago. I know earlier on in the season, the Denver Broncos, they were a defense that you could definitely start your running backs against. They were not playing very well at all. However, over the last four weeks, they are the third best defense against fantasy running backs and that is not something that I'm fully confident in starting Matt Breda against in the fantasy playoffs. Then they play the Seattle defense that's been playing pretty well as of late and then they play Chicago in the championship week. Obviously not a favorable matchup there. So Matt Breda definitely some concerns there. Of course in PPR leagues he's still going to be involved and you're probably going to start him but consider him as a flex option rather than someone that is rock solid in your lineup. And at the wide receiver position. A couple of guys that we'll talk
1: about definitely the wide receiver pairing for the Dallas Cowboys Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup Amari Cooper has just been lights out since he's joined the Cowboys now he's going to face a playoff schedule that's very favorable for the whole team we talked about it with Dak Prescott now for the wide receivers you got Philly Indianapolis and Tampa Bay those are three great matchups and if you go into week 17 they have the New York Giants so that's Definitely a great stretch of games for this for this pairing. And obviously, Cooper has been the number one guy there, and he's going to continue to be. But it's only a matter of time before their teams start really rolling coverages his direction, and that'll definitely benefit Michael Gallup in the passing game. And he might be able to give you some sneaky value down the stretch because Dak Prescott seems to be much bre- better as of recently, and that offense is clicking.
0: And then the Carolina Panthers, of course, we said Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey both had favorable fantasy playoff schedules, and that continues to go for their wide receivers. Devin Funches, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, I list all three of them because I'm not sure what Devin Funches' injury situation is going to be going forward, but they play Cleveland, New Orleans, and Atlanta, who have been extremely susceptible to wide receivers. So with Funches currently out of the lineup, we saw DJ Moore this past Sunday catch 8 of 9 targets for 91 yards, and he has wide receiver 2 upside going forward. He's definitely someone that you're going to want on your rosters for the fantasy stretch, and Curtis Samuel, he just provides tons of upside. He can break a big play. He gets some work in the rushing game, so you definitely like that. But now we will move over to the bad, and one wide receiver with a not-so-favorable schedule is wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. He plays the Houston Texans, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New York Giants. They've all been pretty tough against opposing wide receivers, but he's still firing on all cylinders with Andrew Luck totaling 16 receptions for 280 yards and two touchdowns over the last two weeks. He also has 75 or more yards or a touchdown in seven of his last nine games this season, so... Regardless of a tough schedule, I don't think you're going to be sitting T.Y. Hilton. And then, as we mentioned, one of my more favorable calls in the preseason, Alshon Jeffrey, and I'm going to add Golden Tate to this. They definitely don't have favorable schedules. They play Dallas, the LA Rams, and the Houston Texans. The Rams matchup doesn't really scare you. You could project that to be kind of high-scoring. But as I mentioned, Jeffrey's been held to four or less receptions, under 50 yards, and zero touchdowns over his last four games. And Golden Tate hasn't surpassed 50 yards since way back in week four. I honestly think these two pass-catching options can be dropped. And that's going to be more of a detriment to the people in your league because someone is going to see the name value, pick them up, and hopefully slide them into their lineup the week that you're playing them in the playoffs. And they'll be able to deal with that headache as as it unfolds. And... The last guy worth talking about that we definitely have some
1: pause about is Kenny Galladay. He's the last remaining wide receiver for the Detroit Lions that you really had any faith in. Marvin Jones has hit IR. He'll be out for the season. And obviously with the Golden Tate trade, that only leaves Kenny Galladay. But it leaves Kenny Galladay as the lone real focal point of the offense. So he'll grab the top cornerback. He'll grab the most of the coverage. will roll his way and he'll have a not-so-favorable schedule. Arizona is the best matchup he has, and they're still top 15 against the past. Oh, and don't forget, they have Patrick Peterson, who more than likely follows the, y, the number one wide receiver in Kenny Galladay. So not a great matchup. And then you will follow that up with the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, the number one defense against the wide receiver right now, and Minnesota, the number five defense against the wide receiver position Right now, it seems that the Lions will be leaning on Kenny Galladay for their passing game, but we just don't know how productive that's going to end up being in such tough matchups with being the obvious focal point of the passing game yeah, He offense.
0: probably will have a big game throughout the fantasy playoffs, yeah. but... It's just not something you really want to rely on. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big game and a dud game. Yeah. So that's definitely just something to monitor and something to be aware of going into the playoffs. But now we'll move over to the tight end position. And this might be the most important Of plus plus and minus matchups because a lot of these guys you can pick up off of the waiver wire and one of the better matchups is tight end Benjamin Watson for the New Orleans Saints. They play the Buccaneers, the Carolina Panthers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers in the championship week is their toughest matchup against tight ends and they rank 24th against the position. So although we've seen Dan Arnold kind of come on a little bit and Watson has been held to under four receptions and I believe it was the last three games the tight end position as we've mentioned is just volatile in general so if you've been playing the streaming game he's definitely someone you're gonna want on your roster going into the playoffs and then Jared Cook again he's volatile just because of the offense that he plays on but he's one of the only viable pass catching weapons that that team has right now outside of Jalen Rashard really and he plays the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Denver Broncos. Three favorable matchups there. So again, if you're playing that streaming game, you're going to want the upside of Jared Cook.
1: Yeah, and the two guys that I think are definitely worth are definitely worth considering for the playoffs if not a definite start is first David Njoku who better and better every week as as is that whole Browns offense. Baker Mayfield's improving and they have a better Playoff schedule than you might think. They have Carolina, Denver, and Cincinnati, all bottom ten teams against the tight end. So definitely favorable matchups. And he's seeing a lot of usage. He's seeing a lot of opportunity. He has been the best pass catcher for them this year. He really has been. Like Jarvis Landry, he's been good. He's been consistent. Antonio Callaway has made some plays, but Najoku has made. The most amount of plays. He's been the most consistent. He's been the best playmaker in the passing game. I will say
0: Jarvis Landry. He's a borderline drop for me at this point in the season. I don't know. I'm in a. I'm unfortunately in a league where I'm forced to start him every week. And it's a three wide receiver league. So it's a little bit deeper. And I don't even like starting him in that situation. I'm pretty yeah. worried about it coming yeah. up on the fantasy playoffs. So you may want to drop him if possible. And again, drop that bomb on another team. You don't even want to worry about it.
1: And the other guy that I definitely would consider, and you know, his matchup isn't, his matchups aren't amazing, and that's Jonu Smith. Um, mm-hmm. He has Jacksonville, the Giants, and Washington, who all f- fall somewhere between 10th and 20th against the tight end position. So they're not terrible. They're not great, great, great matchups. But here's the thing about Jonu Smith. We know Marcus Mariota is accustomed in that offense to using the tight end position with Delaney Walker. Obviously, they don't have Delaney Walker, and John o. Smith is a athletic, talented player. He can step into that type of pass-catching role easily, and in a dominated, in a game where they were dominated against the Texans, he still had that big 61-yard touchdown run. First of all, the fact that a tight end can give you that catch-and-run 61-yard touchdown ability, I think speaks to everything you need to know about John O. Smith. You know, he's that type of player. He can give you those big plays with a scheme that favors his position, somebody I would definitely consider for the playoff run.
0: Yeah, he's a super athletic guy. In the four weeks since the Titans buy, he's amassed 185 yards and three touchdowns. So he seems to be the focal point of that offense right now. Um, Corey Davis, you know, I love that talent, but it seems like Jonu Smith is who's really connecting with quarterback Marcus Mariota, and I think that's going to continue, especially, I don't know what better options you have if you don't have one of those top guys at this point in the season
1: yeah and well the surprise for me was really how long it took for johnny smith to come on like i believe that we mentioned johnny smith immediately as soon as delaney yeah. walker went down we immediately said johnny smith is a guy that you got to keep i mean of course they have guys like super and there that they like you know that they're gonna get snaps they're gonna get opportunities but John U. smith is a guy who's like been breeded for that pass catching tight end he might not be the best blocker but he's an athletic tight end who can catch passes and make plays in the open field? So, like, uh, just a guy that we're super high on. And for he's the still playoffs. available in a ton yeah. of leagues. Yeah. So, if
0: he is available, and if you have been playing the streaming tight end game, which you should have been doing, unless you have Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey, yeah. then you should definitely go pick up Janu Smith. He is about as safe of a bet as you're going to get at the tight end position. And then for the bed, There's really only one tight end because as we've continuously said throughout this season, not even just this podcast, the tight end position is volatile and there's not many guys you can trust week in and week out, but that is Jordan Reed. He plays the New York Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans. All three of those teams are among the 17th best at defending the tight end position. The Tennessee Titans in the championship week, they're the best at defending the t- tight end position and we've seen Jordan Reed be inconsistent I know he's been a little bit better with Colt McCoy as of late but that's not something you're going to want to trust when there's likely an option like Johnny Smith on your waiver wire so that's all that we have for you guys for today's episode I hope that you enjoyed our Thursday night preview our best and worst calls you guys get to laugh at us a little bit there and then our playoff primer of course like I said there's plenty of players that we did not have the time to go over But always, always send us your questions to footballmdpodcast.com through the contact us section or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at footballmdpod. Send your questions over there. We love to hear from you guys. We love to help you set your fantasy lineups each week. And thank you guys so much for supporting us throughout this entire fantasy season. It really does mean so much to us. We love sitting down. We love talking football. And we love helping you guys with your lineups every single week. And we hope that you guys have benefited from our advice throughout this point of the season and we hope you guys are getting ready to win some fantasy titles and we want to hear all about it so make sure you guys keep on reaching out to us like I said we'd love to hear it but thank you guys for tuning in and be on the lookout for Saturday's episode getting you ready for the rest of week 13's matchups getting you ready to take on those fantasy playoffs thank you guys and good luck this week
1: Yeah, and as my co-host said, guys, before we go, I just would like to thank you guys as well. We really appreciate all the support, following the podcast, engaging with us. It's really, it makes it for us. It makes it worth it for us to hear from you guys and to communicate with all of you. Also, guys, we want to just point out, you know, we know the season is coming closer and closer to the end. And fantasy football is really starting to wrap up. But we're not just all about fantasy football here at the Football MD Podcast. We cover all things NFL, all things football. And don't forget, college football playoff season is right around the corner. Bowl season is right around the corner. This Saturday is even championship rival weekend. It's going to be a huge college football weekend. And then we'll be continuing after the regular season covering not only the NFL playoffs, but free agency, the NFL draft. As you guys know, I am a big, big film watcher, scouter. And I'm going to bring a lot of insight to you guys coming up into the draft it'll benefit you for not only fantasy purposes in the following year but also just your football knowledge and something to keep your need for football in the offseason when it's at its minimalist so don't leave us stay with us we're gonna keep you we're gonna give you everything you want out of out of the football community all year round thank you so much guys and until next time